Hello and welcome to We Bought a Mic here with Listomania and rounding up our top 10 movies of 2021. My name is Ernest and my co-hosts are Drew and Hunter, who you'll hear in just a few moments. This is part two of two. So please be sure to listen to part one to get the first half of our list and then dig into this one as we round out the remainder of our top tens. We had so much to say on this incredible year in movies. It feels good to be a movie fan. There's just so many amazing ones to dig into and talk about. Let us know if we missed any of your favorite movies um, and if you have any thoughts on our thoughts uh, on all of these great films that we dig into in these two episodes. You can reach us via email at webottomike.gmail.com and uh, at webottomike on social media. We'd love to hear from you. So sit back and enjoy part two of our best films of 2021. Here we go. My number two is Bo Burnham, colon, Inside. So I still haven't seen it. Um, it's one of those things where like it's... I, I know I need to see it so much that like I'm scared. Yeah, that's right. the daunting task of actually. Yeah, it. because I know it's going to affect me. So then I'm like, man, am I in the mood to be affected? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mr. Well, it's like, I'd rather just watch more Survivor. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know how like so this movie kind of snuck up on me because I, I knew that Bo was like going to come out with something in the summertime. Um, cause Netflix has had announced they were like Bo Burnham new thing Memorial day. And I was like, Oh, all right. That's weird. Okay. And then Memorial day comes and it's like, they're like, okay, Bo Burnham inside now streaming. I was like, all right, I guess I'll put this on. I fucking love Bo Burnham. Eighth grade was like my favorite movie of that year that came out. Um, we talked about Zach Stone. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we've mentioned what and make happy and like, you know, kind of his, long career as a, as a comedian and kind of pushing the bounds of like what a stand-up special is. And like th- when this arrived on Netflix on Memorial day, it arrived as like a new Bo Burnham comedy special. And then you click it and it's a feature film length. It's 90 minutes and it plays out. M- like he had done musical uh, comedy specials for years already uh, where he has a stand-up set that he infuses with a ton of music and he'd put out the 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 stand-up sets and the albums as songs like he'd already done this but this is a whole nother echelon like this is on a whole nother level like this is a musical this is a comedy special but this is also like one of the most emotionally effective movies mm-hmm. of the last year. And he takes you on a ride, an emotional ride uh, inside of the mind of, of, of Bo Burnham. Like I, I know a lot of it. I know a lot of the discourse has been like, okay, how much of it is the actual mind of Bo Burnham? Like he's taking us on this roller coaster ride of like, it's not even a roller coaster ride. It is like a descent into like, depression and anxiety in the depths of like the COVID quarantine. Cause he shot this like over the course of pretty much all of 2020 started shooting it like at the beginning of the year and, and didn't wrap up many, many, many months into it. And one of the best things about it is seeing that aging, yeah. like the hair grow out, the beard just get longer and longer. I love that. 
there's actually a moment at the end where you just kind of see a cross fade of both unshaven bow and then long haired bow. And it just like hit me like a ton of bricks, but he just rolls all of these things into one. And I know it's probably a performance because he also has a a girlfriend and a dog that love him very much and are there to support him. And he's not actually just like isolated in this room by himself. Like I know it's not a fucking documentary, (laughs) but if you give yourself over to the feeling that he's trying to get across the idea, it is so gutting, so fucking just, it hits you so hard and I related a lot to it, man. Those days, early COVID days when I would just like wake up and just kind of just sit at home with nothing to do, just kind of fucking around, fumbling around, little guitar, little piano, little this, little that, sexting, whoa, whoa. And your brain just kind of starts spinning and spinning and being the the way this movie captures like being plugged into the internet constantly during this time too. the, like the doom scrolling of it all. And like how everybody just like became radicalized during this pandemic era, just like seeing the fucking insanity (laughs) unfold as we try to like survive this virus. It is just the perfect, perfect encapsulation of this time. And like all of the, emotions and the feelings and and everything and it's still a great time all of that (laughs) all of that it's it's the music just kind of makes you like smile and laugh it's fucking hilarious i just i wrote a whole piece on it uh on the site that you can read to to dig into more thoughts i had about it um, I kind of compared it to some of the other like isolation confinement movies that we've seen, like the castaways and the mm-hmm. moons where he's kind of like, you know, kind of playing up that idea of like the one man show. Um, and this truly is like a one man show. He wrote, directed, edited uh, everything, all yeah. all himself. It is it is just such a feat. The way he transforms this one tiny room into so many different fucking locations and feelings and 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 looks is absolutely genius stunning it's it's incredible yeah no i i second everything that you said like i have it at i it was tough i just had to put it somewhere so i have it at number eight but i mean this is it's one of the most impressive things it's one of the things that's resonated with me the most since it came out more than anything this Movie more than just being like a pandemic story or like a story even about isolation to me this felt like a movie about the passing of time and kind of that is the thing that is resonating most with me even afterwards is of course still like that isolation but i mean you mentioned it you're seeing time pass for him the central the halfway point of this movie when he's turning 30 It's just kind of something that as I've aged, especially aging in a pandemic in pandemic times, like it doesn't kind feel of real. It, well, it doesn't feel real, but it also when you have this time, when you are more alone, you think more about your life and you think more about 
what you have done and what you will do and what your next steps are. And it's kind of themes like that are what have resonated with me the most, even afterwards. And not to mention like there's some just straight fucking bangers on the soundtrack. Like that's, it's not all doom and gloom dour. Yeah. Um, And even within the same song, like white woman's Instagram, like is just this, this pastiche, like just send up of a very specific aesthetic of of instagram posts but then it takes this moment to get so sincere and touching and like just you know it it pulls at your heartstrings it kind of goes for it and it works and he's able to like balance all of these crazy different tones and have a a song about sexting and then a song about jeffrey bezos in a ghillie suit and then really like get super serious and sad with something like that funny feeling and still have it land and still be able to give you it it just is everything it's every emotion and i know i understand some of the criticisms because i this thing blew up and everybody was talking about it and i heard all kinds of stuff huge for this movie like we can't underestimate the power of tiktok and just like there were so many songs that were just like Reproduced and yeah. reproduced. And a lot of people TikTok. think that it's a song about how fucking sick Jeff Bezos is. Because oh boy, yeah. this segment <laughs> on, on Jeffrey—you can do yeah, it. It's, it's just positivity. The um, the yeah, the I lost my point. The fact that that um, I lost what I was going to say. It's a great special. Um, it's a great movie. It's a great comedy, musical, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it is just, just stunning. I mean, when, when looking at just the visuals, again, the, just the the way he's able to like communicate all these things. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So a lot of the criticism has been like that this is a very specific um, experience of the pandemic. That not everybody had the privilege of being able to get to be stuck inside. And I totally get that. I totally get that because I've seen I've talked to people that they were like, I wasn't inside. I had to go fucking work every day. I didn't have the I was never inside, you know, and I get that and I get that. And And I understand that, like, you won't connect to somebody whose trouble in this time was to be stuck inside and losing your mind day after day in the same space. I think that's a valid criticism, but that doesn't take away from the truth of the feeling encapsulated in inside. Just because it's not the experience that everybody had during this time doesn't make it any less true to what he's trying to convey. That's also that's a stupid criticism to me. You know what? I also didn't go spice uh, farming in Arrakis either. So I guess I don't relate to that. Fucking son. There's universality and specificity, guys. That's storytelling at its finest. Yeah. Come on. And he's a master. And I I didn't think he was going to do something like this. I really thought that he was like after eighth grade that he was just going to try to do that now. Like just be a writer director and make like cool little indie movies that, you know, nobody else was doing. And for him to kind of like in a way backtrack back into like putting himself in front of the camera and like doing this big showy musical performance it i didn't see it coming Mm. at all and for it to work as well as it did and bring all his talents from you know i guess you know not only making eighth grade but also working on um 
Promising Young Woman and like mm-hmm. all of these other great projects that he is cooking up and apply it to the thing that made him Bo and made him famous. It just seems like perfection. Like it is just as good as something like this could possibly be. And I know a lot of people have said it, but I'll say it too. Like this, I think you said this too, Hunter, like this is the COVID thing. Like yeah. nobody else try to do anything. Yeah, this is the COVID thing. That tells like the story 100%. of like what it feels like to live through the pandemic. I don't this want, covers I all do not want to see in like a year and a half, like what's like the gritty, what is like the gritty take on like what COVID was really like? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't want to see that. Um, also, just going back to people who have problems with uh, him being stuck inside and everything. Um, and kind of why this makes a great COVID movie is because explicitly this isn't just a COVID movie. He also never um, says the words COVID or pandemic. Yeah, no, it never once. happens because more than that, the isolation at a certain point, and even some of the songwriting uh, throughout this and the storytelling it's at least partially a self-induced isolation. It is him closing himself off from the outside world. And that's one of the things that's most affecting. That's one of the things that can be most relatable is when you just want to be alone. You want to shut the doors and shut everyone out in your life. That's one of the most emotionally affecting things. And and make yourself believe that you have to be alone. Yes. Yes. It's the mind games that you play with yourself or vice versa. Thinking that like you aren't getting like just kind of thinking that you are alone because you're so hyper plugged into the Internet and whatever else that you're waiting to hear back. And like, you know, it's this kind of isolation that you induce upon yourself. Yeah, it's it's exceptional. I I think it deserves all the praise that it has gotten. I'm so happy for Bo. Um, I can't see what I can't wait to see what he does next because this one really, really, really blew me away. It's my number two. Drew, number two. Red Rocket. All right. Let's, let's talk about it, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. Simon Rex, baby. Uh, Sean Baker. Really? Oof. This is I haven't seen uh, Tangerine before, but this is so much more written than the Florida Project. Right. And I believe you said it's more written than Tangerine when I asked you, right? Yeah. But it's also it's also a very loose movie just compared to like most movies. Yeah, it's yeah, it's loose in terms of uh, like performance. Like there definitely is a lot of wiggle room. It's not like every line has to be precise, but this is a movie that relies on lines. It relies on things not not a ton happening, but kind of for a Sean Baker movie. Um, Simon Rex. God, he rules. Yeah, man. legitimately. What a scumbag. Deserves a, award recognition <laughs> for this. Just a despicable fucker. It's not a performance I think most movie stars could do. Um, like, who do you think could do this? I, I don't see anybody else doing thing, it like this. We talked about this it's after so we perfect. saw the movie. Is like, I don't know who you could cast in this role. Because, because it, it he does look like someone who would leave this town to go be a, right. a star. Like yeah. he looks like a, a, a star who's done a bunch of Coke. Right. Um, Cause you know, he probably is, yeah, but also can't. he doesn't look enough to be like, he doesn't look good enough to be like famous. Like he made it. Right. He like it's, look, it's that like, perfect really line. Too, yeah. someone, I'm just like kind of running the line between like somebody who's going to try and make it big and like your leathery uncle. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah he looks he looks like jaundiced uh he looks kind of like bradley cooper in like a star is born like you know he looks like a star who's jaundiced bradley cooper (laughs) (laughs) or like you know he looks like he's like channing tatum-esque um he he owns so fucking hard in this movie it's sort of unbelievable because uh if you've ever i've listened to an interview with him like yeah but still has a great like very lengthy interview with him really it's it's an autobiographical interview they he sort of just goes over his his whole life he has the the manic energy of this man very naturally like he he comes by that for real um and and also the adhd feel of this guy this is a guy who cannot pay attention to (laughs) like he there's there's one point early on in the movie where he's like he he's talking to you know the people in the room with him and then he's just like whoa a dragonfly like <laughs> outside like literally doing like a uh, squirrel like um and i i feel that's that's like improvised by him um he's so good at being like inherently not not attractive physically attractive personality wise he's so good at being someone who you persuasive can't. you yeah yeah he's he's so good at it it's yeah it's that thing where you like you know that it's wrong to follow him but like you just want yeah. to follow well, him and also uh this movie toes a line really really well uh almost similarly uh, and I've seen actually I've seen this comp a couple places on the internet it makes me really happy because I couldn't stop thinking about uncut gems when I watched this mm-hmm. yeah where um you're you're following this character who has this scheming awful fucking magnetism to yeah. him that you you can't help but sort of follow follow along but it does reach a point of no return and i think it's pretty definitive mm-hmm. uh past that point where you're like okay i'm i'm gonna i you know this is still a very compelling person that i'm watching i am no longer on board with this person yeah really. no it's it's that line it's anyway where like the infatuation that you have with the character becomes wholly perverted and that beyond is on the point of no repair well, and that is exactly the journey you're supposed to go on with this character because that's the journey that everyone that this guy meets yeah. goes on with him the the neighbor Oh who, who he hangs out with god. so much who by the way is oh my if, god if, if you have his name ethan, pulled up ethan darbo that not never, a, not an actor yeah along with uh almost everyone fucking god yeah, most this people dude. in this movie are not actors yeah you're watching these people on screen and you're immediately thinking like either this is the most genius casting director ever or these are just the actual people that live in this yeah town. these <laughs> are just fucking people man um and it's it's really really like you would expect as much from Sean. This is sort of his calling card. Um, but it, it's incredible to put these people. It's it's a different story because Florida Project, there there is no one who is is so uh like consuming the frame the way that Simon is here. Where like every every second you are Simon well, is Defoe. I guess Defoe's not every second. And now. also he's like a very understated character. Yeah. Like he is Defoe is very much a supporting D- character. Yeah, Defoe yeah. is trying to blend into that movie. Simon the the, the character in He the, owns this whole yeah, thing. The, yeah. the character the whole point of the character is that he doesn't blend into this town. Um and so to put just regular people alongside him is almost even smarter because the, this is how people would react to him. Um the one uh the the exception is this this girl that he becomes infatuated with Susanna's son strawberry who uh sean said has acted before she's been in a few things but nothing mm-hmm. nothing big deb you listened to him say the story of how he found they were just him and his wife were at a movie theater and they just like saw this woman 
and we're just like, who are you? They just like were instantly <laughs> drawn to this one. Like you have a face about you that I want. Yeah, they're like, like they were like, in, I, they got his contact information. It was in like 2017 or so or something like that. It was just like, I don't have a part for you right now, but I will one day. <laughs> and then he wrote this part for her. Now, what is uh, I I, um, I didn't get the story of Brie Elrod. What's what's her story? Because she's been in this and then Shutter Island. And that's about it. How does how how does you go about having that career? I mean, I, I'd she, sign up for that. She wasn't anybody bit. Was she a big part of Shutter Island, or was she just like she was probably not? Yeah, yeah that's no, why. There's, I, I there's almost no way. Um, I will say that not only, I mean, having the non-traditional actors definitely feeds into this, but there is something about this movie that feels wholly real. It feels so lived in. Um just partially because it, some people will criticize Sean Baker. One of the biggest internet criticisms of him is that people say that he does something uh, called quote unquote poverty tourism um, because he is a rich white guy who is going in and filming uh, people of a below a certain um, wealth line between this and Florida project and even tangerine and kind of showcasing them and, some people definitely criticize him for uh, his portrayals of these people. I will say as somebody who did not come from like drastic wealth, didn't grow up poor or anything like that. But like I could not disagree more with those critics. And if you do have the criticisms, I don't really like I can't dismiss that. Like that's your. Well, also, right these are stories that we don't but really see. Exactly. That's that's the point that I'm getting at is I grew up in some small towns like i know where my dad lives in a small town in georgia there are people in this town that minus the uh like former porn star of it all <laughs> remind me of mikey saber like there's people in my family that remind me of mikey saber there's guys i remember from working in different uh jobs different service industry jobs that will bring their like brought the wife and like the scene where um they go to the donut shop the first time they go to the donut shop and he's like acting like he's like big balling he's like you get you get all the donuts you want you get that donut. oh yeah you want that one no yeah let's go ahead let's get the big coffee yeah no 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 we're gonna do it today and it's like that's gonna be seven dollars and he's acting like this big tough hotshot i know fucking people like that and it's shining light it's showing these people that Cinema just doesn't have fucking time for it. Nobody right. cares about these people. Nobody ever wants to show these people stories. And most of all, people don't want to have fun with telling these stories. If you are going to say this story, it's going to be something like Florida Project, which is a masterpiece. I love Florida Project. Perfect movie. Um, Florida Project doesn't have a lot of fun <laughs> in some of uh, what's happening. There's a lot happening. of cute moments there's, with the there's kids. some fun with the kids and everything like that but overline there's an overlying cloud to a lot of that movie and there is and there isn't in red rocket there uh, is there are literal clouds of toxic <laughs> well, oil refiners so there is smoke. a cloud but this movie has fun this movie lets you have fun oh yeah and it trusts in you the audience to know you're having fun you're laughing at these people you're not you're laughing at this person yeah. Not at this town as a whole. This town is mostly just hardworking people, right. factory workers who are just trying to get by. But a lot of these people around him are shitty. Like they're not free of their own. They're no. not saints. Like that's that's one of the best things about this movie is that like not only is it telling that story that we don't see movies of like basically ever, 
but it is like kind of making you feel a certain way where like it kind of it kind of makes you think a little critically about like, okay, are these people shitty because of the circumstances that they're in or did they keep themselves in these circumstances because they're shitty and they refuse to do anything else with their lives? Like, it's like what came first, you know, it's, it's chicken or egg like and, and it's all these people that are like trapped essentially yeah living and out these horrible lives. that's why somebody like that's why there are people like mikey saber who are just like fuck it i'm gonna drop everything i'm gonna move to hollywood i'm gonna get out of this small town yeah in small town in pelham georgia where a lot of my family and people who i grew up with knowing had that kind of sentiment for them it was like maybe going to like atlanta or something like that but it's still that same thing where it's just like i have to get out of this dead end town because even shit Tallahassee, where we're from, has some dead endness oh, yeah. to it. Like that, there's just it. I yeah. understand that that yearning for something more, and that's something that Mikey is chasing, but he's chasing it in all the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> worst and the worst possible ways. He's, yeah, he's such a dumb it's, bitch. That's the genius of this movie is that it rides. You can simp, you can empathize, but never sympathize. No, yeah, because he's awful. Like you said, it's not trying to portray small town America as this like. The heartland of just yep. just beautiful souls because yeah. it's not. It's just where other people are. Right. There's just like other people yeah. there. There's <laughs> shitty you know? people. They're just like there's shitty people everywhere. That yeah. never. But again, that never get their stories told. Like that's why it's so refreshing to see a movie like this because there's an entire population of people in this country that their stories are never mm. told. And to that point about stories never being told, I. I really love the choice of just kind of in the background of all of this. We just had the 2016 election. Yeah. It's not something that is ever explicitly stated or anything. It's just on the TVs. There's like walking past like a Trump 2016 billboard yeah. and stuff like that. Because and that's just what happened. People just like just had have on Fox News or whatever and just don't even think about it. They aren't like, thinking oh, yeah, like they're making red. a political statement. It's just like, yeah, you know, like a lot of people uh view politics like they view sports yeah. they're just like every four years i go out and i represent my team well i guarantee you <laughs> like none of these people are registered to vote that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely that's zero yeah, of the characters yeah not movie. a lot of people in this movie maybe the, the oil rig guys are yeah they'll go yeah they'll go and do they their thing red. civic duty and then also um it's you know Stra- you get strawberries of um ex-boyfriend and his family <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, they're they're, they're that, out there campaigning. Yeah, they're like wildly. <laughs> that guy, he actually, I think I passed him. He's still on Colonial Avenue, just <laughs> yeah, still like saying that, that election I love was that stolen. Kid. That kid reminded me of so many kids we went to high school. Oh, oh man, dude. Yes. Hey man, get away from my girl. Yeah, yeah with what, the fucking chain on and. Just, yeah, one of the one of my favorite line reads of the year is when he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's all. Um, the, yeah, the, it it's the movie isn't designed to interrogate all of these things with great depth it's just designed to place you in that world and like provide texture yeah um and it does that really effectively but it's also just about this fucking washed up porn star who won't shut up about how he <laughs> yeah. should have won more like avn awards dude no <laughs> are you are you telling me that it? best best oral four years in a row with four different girls and i didn't have anything to do with it i was face fucking those women <laughs> There's, Dude, it's and this is a movie holy like I just cannot recommend this to like most people oh, no I way. know. No, there's so there's so much fucking, fucking all over this movie. A lot of it is he's fucking a, a barely legal girl. Um who might be sure to be? I think, I think she legal. is illegal at 
at least the first time. Or no, two. she's no, because I'm pretty sure that's in Texas. That's legal. 17. I'm, I'm pr- there are a lot of states where that's fully legal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not to no libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's front upon anyway. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if she was 18. It's still <laughs> fucked. Yeah. yeah. You fucking weirdos. Um, that, I mean, that's one of the things I kept thinking about, uh, after watching this movie, like I kind of, you know, it, it, in a way you hold the thought in your head of like gross, despicable sexual predator, right? Like I ke- I just kept thinking like this guy is like so much older than this girl. She's barely out of high school, not even out of high school. Mm-hmm. She's not even 18. And you're already like grooming her to be a porn star. Like that is absolutely disgusting. And then I just kept thinking further about like, how did society fail this man to get him to a place where he is committing these acts? Like, what were the things that happened that went wrong in his upbringing? Well, he would have won him? another AVN award, but <laughs> yeah, no, but <laughs> the it, bitch turned well, on she, him. He might still, based on how the movie ends. Um, who knows? Uh, I think that's no, part I, of the magic of the movie. That like, think, it, it like makes you think about that kind of but, stuff. But like, to your point. I feel like that's another thing that's like really well done about this movie is like for the most part, like pedophiles. I and this isn't to say that they aren't all like this. For the most part, pedophiles aren't just like dudes in like white vans with no windows who are going around like a lot of pedophiles are just fucking dudes like Mikey Saber that have a little bit of charisma to them that are just like literally they're grooming fucking young him, women. Him and like this, that's him and Susanna Son have I think the best chemistry of any two actors of like the whole year yeah. together. It's like their their yeah. flirting is so good. It, it, it's incredible acting. Um, I do want to say because we're I feel like a lot of people if you have not seen this movie and listened to it, it sounds very heavy. This is the funniest movie of the year by a fucking country mile. It's really, yeah, it's, 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 it's extremely it funny. Dark the comedy, directing so gets it's very funny. There's a lot of like fucking like whip pans it's and like slapstick like at points. Mega fast zooms. Is there a word for that? Like uh, uh, crash zoom? I yeah, know. just like a yeah, just like like ex- uh, the type of zoom you would only do to make people laugh. Yeah, <laughs> especially like what is zooming? On. <laughs> yeah. Zooming like cut, cut, cut right into somebody's like lips. It's, yeah there's there's a lot of just, just pure comedy in this um best dick of the year men's got He's men's got, got, got a saber one. men's got one um, full on saber <laughs> sean baker I, just owned like he made a funny fucking movie yeah. that also plays with a, a ton of depth without feeling the need to fully interrogate all of it because that's not th- that's not necessarily the the duty of every single film mm-hmm it, uh, it it has depth is the best way to describe it because there is so much to this where it is like it's hilarious. It's trying to comment on certain things without spoon feeding you like these are bad people yeah. doing bad things. And also and also just the the fact that and and this will tie into our conversation about licorice pizza too, but like just the fact that like if something is questionable and and immoral and like people think shouldn't happen it doesn't mean it doesn't happen mm-hmm. like to have a movie be about something that's real but you think is bad doesn't make the movie bad yeah we can't <laughs> pretend like bad things don't happen this way. if we only made movies about like things that are nice in society then guess what movies would be bad 
Movies would suck yeah. if we did that. But these things happen. I think that it's good for uh, things, whether it's people like this, whether it's actions uh, like this, that they yeah. should be put and, on film. And the, the, I think the genius thing of both uh, Sean Baker and PTA is like capturing these things in a way that's like that captures the complexity of life. Like it's not just like bad man does bad thing. And 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 you're just kind of like left with that very simplistic idea of it. It's like, no, there's there's layers to it. There's complexities to it. There's multiple angles of looking at it and interpreting it. And it's not as clear cut. And like if you have a man who's like doing this disgusting thing of grooming this little girl, that doesn't mean that they can't that in 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 their twisted, fucked up minds aren't having a warm, positive experience with each other, even though to us as viewers, we're fucking looking at this and being like, this is the most fucked up mm -hmm. thing I've ever seen. The movie captures it in a way that puts you in their perspective of having a nice time with each other and enjoying each other's company. So it's like for a movie to do that, to like show you something so gross and weird in a way that's like positive and, 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 oddly like happy is like w entirely conflicting feelings to hold in your head and i think that's that's part of the genius of the movie it's part of the and part of the film is i whether uh and this again cat has a licorice pizza whether sean or paul want to admit it part of what they are doing with some of the things that have come under fire in these movies is to provoke it's to provoke people because they know we live in a certain time. We live in 2022. Everybody is on fucking Twitter and everybody wants to pop off about yeah. any given thing. And part of a filmmaker's job is to challenge audiences, whether people want that to happen or not, or how people want that to happen. That's kind of up to the viewer, but it's intentional. Everything these fucking people are doing is intentional. These people are geniuses for a fucking reason. They spend years of their lives working on this one project. Do you think that like, oh, I just, oh God, I like didn't even think about like that one thing. Paul Thomas Anderson is the funniest listening to interviews. He's just like, oh, she's 25 and he's, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's like, Paul, you fucking sly dog. <laughs> um, Before we move on, just want to say also talk about great needle drops, man. Bye, bye, bye. Ain't just, no lie. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Man, talk about just using one song to tell the story, man. Yeah. Multiple, multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Um, we love to see it. It's Red Rocket. It's directed by Sean Baker. So glad I got a chance to see this in the movie theater. Like, yeah. man, this movie just. Oh, if you live in the so greater cinematic. Orlando area, I still believe that's playing only at 3.30 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. So. I, I did want to ask real quick. I guess this might be tough to answer without spoiling the movie, but because I was texting with Harry about this and we were talking about the ending, the very, very, very end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Is that real or is he doing the same thing he did in Florida Project, Florida Project with kind of um, going into a fantasy? I mean, how spoilery do we want to get um, in this discussion here? 
I don't maybe maybe just skip forward a, uh, a minute or two if you haven't seen. The I movie. don't I don't think it's real, but I also don't think that it's necessarily like the Florida Project, where the Florida Project to me is explicitly indicating that that is not what happens. Yeah, jarringly, this is, I don't I don't I think that I don't version, think this is I think a version that. of this happens, but not the version that we see. Yeah, that is the version that he's picturing in his mind whenever he shows. Yeah, when up. he's like waiting for um, the door to open. But that said, we don't know what happens afterward because he is sh- showing up to her place with a fucking trash bag full of his shit like and no clothes and everything so (laughs) dude i just want the slapstick elements of this fucking movie what this movie devolves into is like pure chaos it's so good yeah i also wanted to shout out i like snorted in the theater (laughs) while watching this movie i was laughing there's a there's a shot in the trailer he's like riding has his little bike and he's just bathed in sunshine and he's smiling so just ear to ear and in the trailer obviously there's no context to that shot you're just like oh look at simon rex looking happy (laughs) the context of that (laughs) shot in the movie where he like discovers that he's like basically like off the hook for some horrible fucking crime that he committed is just like man wow yeah that is the kind of shit this movie is pulling is like the most despicable bullshit but look at that happiness man look at that smile that is a happy boy right there. i just this is like this movie and getting into my number one were like my ant most anticipated movies of the year and it was just like they fucking did it they did it our our boys did it look at them look at them go number one my number one is licorice pizza. Guys, Paul Thomas Anderson. This guy's pretty good at making movies. I guess I this know, is I your number one too, right, Graham? You're gonna you're gonna be right there. Um, let's just go ahead and talk about it now because it's good. I mean, talk about the like sea of takes that have come after a movie. There would be more takes about Red Rocket, but just no one's seen it, right. to be honest. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that movie be- is not t- for people to yeah. see. It's um, not for the masses. Licorice purpose. pizza. Before we get into the controversies, because honestly, a lot of those controversies just like it's I feel like it's people who can't see the forest through the trees, at least for one of the central ideas of it. Um, This movie is perfect. Like it is a movie that it's not what I expected it to be. Um, I don't really know what I was expecting. I don't know. Like part of me was expecting it to be more carefree and more jubilant and part of me was expecting like more seriousness and instead this movie kind of falls somewhere in between um there's these story vignettes that kind of where the movie will break off to where it's kind of it i i really cannot wait to own this movie yeah just to like rewatch, just be like i just want to see like the bradley Cooper, i just want to see the bradley Penn. i just want to yeah. see the sean penn scene like I just want to see the fucking casting call scene. Like I, I actually, I found online just a clip of that scene right before we came over here. So I just wanted to hear her say, you're a fucking dog. You're an English fucking pit. <laughs> so good. It's just the best. It is some of the best writing of any Paul Thomas Anderson movie, because I think that sometimes Paul as a director can outshine Paul as a writer. Um, just and that's not to take anything away from his scripts because he's an incredible script writer but also he's just the best at pointing a camera and making shit look unbelievable yeah. from the very <laughs> first second of this movie as soon as it starts you're like oh yeah oh yeah this guy yeah, you're like I'm in safe he's, hands he's back I'm in safe hands um, I, I will say like the only reason why I didn't have this hire is because like I just think this as right now you know, obviously with time, this will probably change. 
is not my favorite PTA movie. And, and I think that, that he's kind of like, you know, kind of operating at a little bit of a lower gear here, a little bit more laid back, which is fine. We'd love to see a laid back King, but when you look at like the, some of the greatest movies of all time with like, there will be blood and the master. It's like, this one didn't quite do it on that level for me, but he's not trying to go for that same level of filmmaking. Yeah. I, also, I think completely like, different. He's, this movie is fifth in my PTA power rankings, but it's still like the fifth best Paul Thomas Anderson movie is just better than anybody else's shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know what yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. I also, cause yeah, I don't really see it as from a movie like the master, I, like there will be blood is like too perfect to compare right. to anything. The master has the same sort of like gap feel as this one does. We're like the you're meandering. Yeah, exactly. Quality, we're yeah. wandering around. We're, we're missing things. We're, we're really riding on vibes most yeah. of the time. It's just that vibe in that movie is just p- intensity. Like it's a lot of intensity it's and like you're and, losing your mind. Yeah. And intentional confusion. And this is uh, different from that. The I think the thing that makes him uh, my favorite director and like one of my favorite writers is that's what he follows most of the time. He follows feelings. He follows characters uh, more than he follows action. Yeah. Um, And then, and more than he follows like needing the plot to go somewhere. The plot kind of goes where the characters go. The characters are leading everything. And he always ends in, in the perfect spot. Like every little vignette, every little like sequence that we go on there's almost there's like a reset every time we're like, OK, we're in a new little thread here. And I got to admit that the Benny Safdie one, I I really felt like the he, like the thread, like I was losing the thread on that one. I was like, I was like, come on, like every other beat has been every other sequence has been so good. And then this one's just not doing it for me. And then we get to the restaurant. Yeah, scene. the restaurant. Scene. And, and then it all clicks. And then, yup. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I ever doubted you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it really I mean, this whole movie is just kind of just leading you a long way. And you're, you're dead right, Drew, about kind of it's going where the characters are going. And that's kind of, uh, again, the genius of Paul Thomas Anderson as director is the importance of running in this movie yeah. is like we are running from one story to another. It just it's. It doesn't have the same nostalgia as something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is the movie that most people are comparing it to just because it's two people who are friends in California California in the the 60s, 70s. 70s. Yeah. Um, So it's a very easy comparison to make. But there's such drastic move different drastically different movies in tone this movie i wouldn't say is nostalgic it's more of like reminiscing than it is pure nostalgia or it's not unadulterated nostalgia there's some darkness that happens in this story um but it's kind of everything you're looking back through seems a little bit hazy a little bit fuzzy around the edges and that seems very very purposeful I do want to talk about Alana Heim, who has one of my Stunning. one of my favorite characters of this entire year. And it's something that uh, a lot of people have criticized the fact that she's 25 with the 15 year 25 with heavy quotations. 28. Yeah. Um, with like, we don't know exactly how old she is with a teenager, like following him and his friends around and how it's weird and all this stuff. And yes, that is true. She's, but, she even says it at one point. <laughs> yeah. But it's that the subtle. whole point of 
why that character needs to be that age is because of what I was getting at with the worst person in the world and with some of the other movies I'm talking about. It's something that I'm feeling right now in my own life as somebody who is now in their late 20s. I am deeply nostalgic for being like 15, 16 years old and just like having and being old enough that like I have a job so like I have some money but like I don't have any responsibilities like having a job and working a couple days a week but yeah. not having to pay bills or anything like that and then just being able to like run around with my friends flip water beds that's the fuck it like this is the this is everything I want it to be this is like if Ed Ed and Eddie became real life this is like my dream yeah yeah you stole my thought that they, it's, Cooper it's, Hoffman is basically auditioning to play Eddie that's what I the live action Ed Ed and Eddie which boy oh boy that would be rough um some uh, racial characters and uh racist characters in well Ed that's Eddie. that's didn't you hear that's the next uh franchise that that they're I uh resuscitate oh sweet i can't PTA wait to see is gonna be the are they Kevin gonna come Feige. down on like what rolf is what <laughs> they're gonna what race is rolf? they're gonna have to make he's, him they're like, gonna have to make him eastern, eastern russian and also and, like no, but the hispanic thing is, the thing and, is he's really like middle eastern and they're gonna have to change that they're gonna have to make him something you can make fun of like russian his but his accent is like it's like making fun of like uh it, it's making fun of like an accent that doesn't exist. Like no one in history has ever talked like hey, well, Rolf. Get, then it can't be offensive. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Eddie. It's okay. like, what are you well, now, doing? Now what I'm thinking that? it's definitely offensive. No, but what is that voice? <laughs> what is that you, now voice? Now that you've done it, actually you are canceled. <laughs> okay. Um, um, yeah, this, this movie, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. Um, I, I, I'm really not even interested in the discussion about the age controversy thing. That's, that's silliness. Um, I can watch Malignant and know that I shouldn't go on a killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> you know that even though someone someone really near me is telling me to right now in my ear. What? <laughs> go on a killing spree? Yeah. Someone, someone oh, really, is it somebody in the back? It's, it's your little room. really close to me right now. <laughs> no. I, I do think it is worth at least mentioning, though, that like the movie, it doesn't just like say like, oh, isn't it kind of weird that there's this age gap? Like, it is it is kind of making you cope with that reality like it is it is constantly like trying to make you think about that fact in yeah. so many different well, ways. Yeah, I, yeah, I just I'm not interested in grappling with it in terms of like does it ruin anything because it doesn't. It's the the it's the it's part of the point yeah, it's of the, the whole movie. deal and the whole like it's you're trying to figure out why she's into this boy. Yeah. <laughs> this this like fucking acne covered boy who it and and it makes perfect sense given historical context given the fact that this is based on, what is the name of the guy that, whose story is this whole thing is based on uh it's in the wikipedia yeah it's a producer that pta like knows um and the, like most of these stories are based directly off of stories that he told pta um but it it makes perfect sense like he is a, a kid who's giving the impression that he purely has his shit together. John P. No, John. Peters no, John Peters is, is uh, no, no, who Bradley no. Cooper is yeah. playing. No, it's um, yeah. Well, Gary Goatsman. Yeah, Gary Goatsman. Goatsman. Um, yeah. So it, it makes sense because this is a kid who gives off the impression that he has his shit perfectly together. Um, he, you know, yeah, he, he is very mature for his age. Yeah, he yeah. he knows what he wants in life. He's not afraid to go out and get it. His mom is like essentially his employee. Mm. Um, 
and and he has like at any given moment he has like three different things going on like he he has he has what comes across as adult independence meanwhile alana heim is an adult and doesn't have that mm-hmm. and is searching for a way out Search, of yeah, she's, the situation yeah, searching like, for like just many, a path just a exactly reason. like many women back then and a child of immigrants back then she she's living at home um and in her particular case it really doesn't seem like it would be okay for her to not live at home you know it's, it seems like her dad wouldn't be chill with that so she's stuck you know, she is stuck in Arrested Development uh, where she, for all intents and purposes, she is more mature than him in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, she I mean, it, it, this whole movie is about this this dichotomy, this relationship it's, where like she she hates the fact that she like looks up to him. Yeah. She hates <laughs> yeah. that because she's like, God, you're such a dumb little but immature it's, it's kid. A magnetic, yeah, it's yeah. an irresistible magnetic well, yeah, pull. Be- because he has so much that she doesn't. And she has a lot that he doesn't, meaning like boobs, <laughs> largely. <laughs> it's it's that he, it's, even more than that, it's that like he, he knows what he wants and yeah. she does not know what exactly. she wants. Exactly. He has, he doesn't have like his shit together in terms of like, it's not like he has a 401k. He has, he just has himself figured out. Like mm-hmm. he yeah. knows what he is. He's a scheming little fucking like prick yeah. of a kid. Um, and just, and for that reason, that's, I mean, that's why he gets her in the first place. He's just like with no, uh, apprehension in the world. He just goes up and approaches her and like ladies convinces her to go out with him. You know, if, if a boy got acne, but he got a soggy bottom, mm-hmm. you don't care. You're going for it. Yeah. If I, so let's ask the question, licorice pizza or soggy bottom. What's a better title? licorice pizza soggy bottom i still love soggy bottom it's I soggy mean, now, bottom ties now, directly into the yeah movie too. now seeing the movie it makes more sense but i don't know i i don't like the title being what that about fat bernies nose. yeah that's okay i like fat bernies I, also just uh, i like the I like the whole aesthetic the logo yeah, yeah. i i did want to mention real quick to, to that point though because like she they are so pulled to each other they're literally running towards each other like part of the magic trick of this movie is that just like her character we the audience were telling ourselves this is a bad idea yeah this should Mm -hmm. not be happening why is this happening this is a terrible idea for everybody involved this should not happen and yet you feel that irresistible pull and you want it to happen. <laughs> yeah. Even though everything is telling you that it shouldn't happen, that it's wrong. You deep down, you're like, this feels right. This is right. Mm-hmm. And that's again, just like red rocket. That's like a fucked up, like kind of dueling thoughts to holding your head at the same time. Yeah. But that's what makes the movie great. That yeah. it's able to do that. And well, yeah. and who they are as people is a lot of why it, it, it works better than it should because like she is in such a state of arrested development that mentally, what is her age? And he is so obsessed with being an adult that mentally, what is his age? They're not, they're not that fucking far apart. Yeah. They meet in the middle, um, which can be used to justify awful things. I understand that logic. But not in, not really. In this, this is yeah. None of this these is a people, real thing that happens. This isn't right. like meant to. You aren't so, supposed to be like, you know. oh man, God, I just I hope that I'm like Cooper Hoffman whenever I grow up or something like that. Like if I was like 
12 though i 100 percent would want to be just like cooper hoffman <laughs> and there is something like in his side where it does make sense that whole thing of like ah oh, man i just wish i was that cool i wish i had that much confidence as a teenager yeah because he's also like um, not even really cool like yeah, he just has confidence yeah like he he's clearly very awkward like like looking and you know we we see him he's clearly you know he had a sort of a child acting career going and it's it is not going well now that he's grown (laughs) i did want to say another touch that i really love about this movie and we've mentioned you know cooper hoffman god bless his acne riddled face um channeling his dad's swagger i well there's that um of course the son of the late great philip seymour hoffman longtime collaborator with paul thomas anderson but more so i wanted to talk about like how lived in this feels mostly because cooper hoffman like they don't try to make him look beautiful they just kind of they show him as is alana heim notably did her own makeup before every scene that they show and And so it's it's very very minimal yeah it's pretty bare makeup and sometimes like it's it's not the most well done makeup they they both have like sort of messed up teeth they both have asymmetrical faces like they're you know and that's uh awesome like especially alana heim just has like kind of a striking look about her without being like traditionally quote-unquote beautiful like that's she looks like a movie star well that's what i'm saying is like for a movie that is about 1970s hollywood that's not the type of these aren't the type of people who you normally cast or or now hollywood like that's that's like the whole point like they make so many notes when she's trying to get into acting about how her nose is crazy for an actress like you're just such a jewish nose they keep saying that yeah because that's yeah because that's like in the modern day that's what a casting director would say but would absolutely clock yeah you know what i mean they're like okay so certain angles it's going to be a very prominent nose we're getting here like yeah things haven't changed that much you want to you want to pretend that they have but they really haven't and that it's a revelation because on top of that on top of aesthetically them looking different they act different because they haven't been in a lot of movies and it's not worse it's not acting worse than an actor would act it's just it's acting more rawly than an actor would act and in these particular roles that really works um, I did want to just at least quickly touch on some of the controversy outside of the age thing. Um, namely, um, our guy, just comedic god, uh, John Michael Higgins, um, who really tripling down on a offensive uh, accent. Yeah. To I, his Japanese wives. Yeah. So people have like really dragged his scenes and if you were offended by those scenes i'm sorry like i i don't know what it is i don't you. have anything. it's on hunter <laughs> I, it's on me yeah, paul PTA, asked me yeah, if it was, like, it was okay this- and i was like <laughs> it's john michael higgins saying it yeah okay um you should do an accent i think that part of the problem that people have with it is that like whenever there are people like whenever you just do some John Michael Higgins, who is a comedic actor doing a racist impression, people like there are some people who will laugh at that. And that's one of the reasons why people get offended by it. However, I think that it's very important to have a guy like that in this story for the same reason. It's important to have Sean Penn trying to prey on this child. Um, and Bradley Cooper, and losing Bradley his Cooper, fucking mind. I think that, 
whether we want these people to exist or not, these people exist. And guess what? They were a lot more obnoxious and loud and out about it back in the 70s. And it's part of the tapestry of that of what you were saying, Drew, about like her wanting so badly not to be the age that she is because all of the adults in this movie are fucking terrible. Yeah. I don't think a single like adult except, uh, is a good person. I mean, uh, in this uh, whole story. shout out to, um, God, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, the waitress from always sunny in Philadelphia who plays, uh, Mary um, Elizabeth Ellis. Yeah, there we go. Um, which by the way, incredible names in this movie, Gary Valentine, perfect, just mm. a fucking God tier name. Mm. Love it. But, but yeah, I mean, even, even down to like, the random guy that plays the photographer in the opening scene that slaps her ass as she yeah, walks that's by. That's just that's just the thing yeah, that just happened. Like, everything sucks it's, for her. She's so wildly disrespected by everyone. And Gary Valentine treats her like an adult because he sees her as one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he puts her on a pedestal for being one. But that's to her, that's not necessarily worse than being treated like a hot child. Yeah which is what she gets from all other angles. Um, so it does make sense. I, those scenes I, I get disliking generally because they are sort of jarring, like in theater, you, you're kind of left, like there's, not knowing how to react. Yeah, well, be- there's also like are- a mix of like half people in the audience who are laughing for the wrong reasons and half people who are just like, so uncomfortable you by the scenes. That they just, like, have well, to be and they like, are, Oh my God, they're doing, why are they doing this? Yeah. And then like, they are, they are played for less, whether or not, you know, you, you're supposed to be like laughing at this guy. Yes. And yeah. as a result, you sort of are laughing at the voice he's doing. That said, I never was guessing who I was supposed to think was a dumb shit in that scene. Yeah, it's they he, explicitly say it at one yeah. point about like the wives. And yeah, but like, just- of course, yeah, far be it from me to tell anyone not to be upset by that. That's perfectly valid. Um, regardless, those are like very, very small scenes in this movie. Right. Um. I do want to talk a little bit about this, the soundtrack, dude, the needle drops, dude, dude, the, let me roll let it. Let me roll. It is just, I forever. ascended into heaven. That scene is fucking cinema. Like <laughs> it's BTA, right after you see the Sean Penn scene, Sean Penn flying over some, <laughs> like a, pile a weak pile of flames like just in a golf course i'm not a i'm not a big wings head so i i didn't really know this song but i mean i can recognize paul's voice but it just like it aside from like how good the song is because it's a great song just the ability for pta to create a all-time great movie moment like i just felt it in my gut that it's like oh my god like this is just like this is just a master at play. Like this is a guy who can just like create this perfect fucking beautiful moment with these two people. It's electricity. It's just Mm. fucking sparks. It's incredible. Oh, I, I, it's, yeah. Oh man, that the waterbed scene is just so good. There's so many. And that's the thing about this. Like, I cannot wait to own this movie and just rewatch segments of it just because I just certain sequences are just like burned in my head. I'm just like, I just want to just see like this whole segment of the whole Sean Penn scene with our guy, Tom Waits, too. 
just oh, yeah. man he's good wow so good and scene stealing moment like this movie has the most scene stealing moments of any movie by a mile this year because like there's just extended cameos from like god tier actors yeah cooper comes in he's john peters who uh this is a real story from i think i think from gary guessman that he he did uh, install a waterbed at, at john peters and barbara streisand's house um in reality john peters was like very nice mm-hmm. and nothing happened but you know that's no fun you gotta right. you gotta make him a fussy yeah. little prick you, you gotta let b coops be a fussy yeah, little prick. unravel and you just gotta make coops horny make <laughs> coops try to have sex with this one, which was a note from the real life john peters yeah, john P- he was john like peters i wouldn't know like, i wouldn't be mean to her she's like attractive. i, I, I would have tried to fuck her yeah that's <laughs> john peters legend. hey looking inward john hey, good job um it, he he bradley cooper is he actually is might a win plus he actually might win an oscar for this performance like he is actually one of the front runners for best supporting actor love it it's Br- so bradley good. cooper is an a so plus happy. hollywood person yeah um i like i i love him i love bradley cooper mm-hmm. i didn't think that i ever would uh, He's popping off, man, and it's this has just become a part of my personal journey. Yeah. Well, you did buy some limitless pills from him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. And I did take stock advice from Limitless Bradley Cooper, <laughs> and he he is deep in NFTs now. Yeah. Oh no, that, that guy. He is an NFT. That, I heard that yeah. like he. I heard that he told you to just sell all of your shit and to put it into Ethereum like two weeks ago. Yeah he did so that was unfortunate yeah poor it, timing on that part. it was um, it, but it was because i was becoming too powerful and i was becoming competitive to him and he's yeah he he's he out to take you that. down a notch just um, a little bit he yeah he comes in and he's just he's a movie star um you know this has been this point has been made but like how many how many more do we have in this vein of bradley cooper right now where he's just he's so undeniable he's so good um and he's only kind of scary movie. too. Yeah, bit. I wouldn't even I wouldn't give him an Oscar because he's not even the best part of the movie, and he's he's really not in much of it at all. Um, he just rocks hard, man. He he rules hard. That entire sequence is like sort of miraculous directing. The entire downhill Oof, truck driving Dude, sequence that's is just, that's just um, Paul Thomas Anderson just like fucking flexing on you. Like, oh cool, I'm also gonna make like the most tense action sequence of yeah a super insanely harrowing five minutes of a truck rolling (laughs) yeah like it's it's so cool um and and even and you also even though it's a pta movie and his movies do go bad i i really didn't even think that it like they were gonna like die or anything like i didn't think that anything awful was gonna happen i thought maybe they crashed you felt the danger no exactly i'm just i like i'm still at the edge of my seat because it is so such effective fucking directing. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. He's he's the best director out. He's the yeah. best director there is. He's I, I mean he's the I greatest believe. working filmmaker. It's I, just yeah. He, whenever I he that to be true. is operating, he's just working on another level that just yeah. Most people just um, can't get to. Like it's. I'll I'll give one single critique, and it's not even really anything. Um, this also goes to Tarantino, who did the exact same thing in Once Upon a Time one upon time hollywood sort of as like a thematic uh through line and as like an easter egg he cast a lot of like children of you know uh the golden age of hollywood in prominent like child roles cut that out guys the thing is like that's who is 
getting cast in normal movies also. Well, so, you I, know, I'll, I'll push that back on that a little bit for this particular movie because they shot it during COVID and their yeah, it was options literally were him all, calling his friends. Yeah. Like their he, options were already like very limited as is. I know it's, it's sort of, it, it's it more happen. a critique of Tarantino doing that because yeah. it's like, well, guess what? You're giving roles to the people who already get the roles. Give it to someone who doesn't get roles. It is Come awesome. On. Just because this give is a, kid a role, man. It is awesome that this movie is filmed entirely in COVID because of that. Like, I thought it was like an interesting portrayal of Los Angeles because it feels kind of empty in points. Like it felt so much of this movie just kind of felt like a dream or I mean, I guess less of a dream. It felt more like memory. Like you don't recall like the crowded traffic or anything like that. Whenever you're driving, whenever you're running next to the streets or anything like that. Also, L.A. wasn't really it wasn't fucking well, packed to the gills also, like it is now. Mm-hmm. They're in the valley. I mean, they are yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, they're not either. in Hollywood proper for yeah. most of the movie. So yeah, it, it makes sense for it to. It feels um, like it feels flat and spread out. Couple other performances that I want to shout out. Skyler, um, I shout out uh, Harriet Sansom Harris. Oh, um, dude, dude, Skyler, <laughs> Skyler Gisondo. dude, fucking my favorite atheist. Never just out here. He's, just, that, that kid is never not do, my favorite. Kid. All you have to do is just just fucking fake it just do a simple blessing yeah <laughs> what does your penis look like what does your penis look like he he's such a funny kid he's he pops up he's in he's book smart he's hilarious um he's he's a great great kid he he looks like what you would imagine sean penn looked like when sean penn was young but sean penn always looked like his face was melting yeah. <laughs> Sean Penn always looked disgusting. He he looks better now because as an old person, you should look like that. Right. <laughs> Sean Penn's still looking. He looks great, though. In this well, he, yeah, he, that's the thing. He, he looks, looks like a uh, grizzled so movie cool. star. And the it, thing is, watch Fast Times. He's yeah. he's disgusting. <laughs> um, But yeah, our boy Skyler, th- this is all to say that like he's going to have a great career. I, I have full faith in this guy moving forward. Yeah, I, I was shocked to see him in this. Honestly, I had no idea he was in it. And then I just now want to see him more. You know, I, I, I think PTA like he doesn't always kind of do that thing where he kind of picks up an up and comer young guy. You've you've seen in a couple other things lately. You know, we've just seen him work with these titans like Joaquin and and Daniel Day Lewis. You know, he's like this established is his like, big first hitters. movie without Daniel Day Lewis or Joaquin since Punch Dark Love. Right. Yeah. In nearly twenty years. Yeah. And I, 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 it's a good gear for him. You know, obviously, like I said earlier, it's not my favorite just because I prefer kind of those like weightier films. But I think it's good for him to kind of like take a step back and do something a little bit more. Kind of, you know stripped down yeah also this like i i as yeah i don't even see it necessarily stripped down i just see it as less like it has less just like being a man sucks (laughs) (laughs) which which it gets tiresome i don't want his whole career to be that man like that would that was more so just like you know uh just vibing in this very specific part of uh, or era of time that he's interested in and yeah and these very specific I, stories and it also it, it this has the most warmth that any of his movies has had since boogie nights like it, it, it boogie nights has a lot of warmth in it even though it, it goes well, punch drunk it goes haywire punch drunk is pretty well not warm th- to me I, I mean here's the th- i think that the movie this is most similar to is inherent vice 
But I think that Inherent Vice is a movie that I really respect and a movie that like I feel like almost necessitates watching it a second, a third, and a fourth time to like really pick up on everything that he's doing there. And this movie doesn't have that same complexity to it. I think that this movie, while all PTA movies, I cannot wait to watch this a fourth, a fifth, a sixth time because all of his movies, I get more and more out of every single time that I revisit them. But this movie does have a lot more surface pleasures, let's say, than something like Inherent Vice. Yeah. Um, I will also say that speaking about the how being a man is hard um i really love this kind of what this new stage of pta that we're getting into is because in the lead up um or actually no it was immediately after watching licorice pizza i came home and i rewatched phantom thread for the first time in years and great movie let me tell you daniel day lewis is incredible in that movie but that movie is not daniel day lewis movie no, that movie is movie. A, it's a vicky crepes movie yeah and i think that he is now kind of I don't know if it's just kind of with age and trying to um, reckon with some of his earlier films, if it's the fact that he now has daughters who are growing up, but he has become a lot more uh, female centric in some of the stories that he's trying to tell. And I'm really loving this new Like it's as much as I think like the master and there will be blood are some of the best movies of the century and some of the best movies ever made. Those are very like men movies. And this is I'm I'm excited to see where we go from here. Yeah, he he just he has more perspective, you know, it, like it's not even just like intentionally going out of his way to make films about women. I think it's just like making films about different types of people that it's, he's well, trying to do because yeah, he, he, he has a better. I feel like he probably feels more qualified to under you know accurately understand what other types of people are like at this point in his life right also i and i don't yeah i don't want to say that just be fully pejorative about like he's making movie about men but a lot of his pretty much all of his movies are him trying to reckon with something or other in his life whether it's his relationship with his father or Mm -hmm. relationship with kind of um Hollywood as a whole, yeah. like he's always trying or like, to or that exercise time he, his demons. Or that on time screen. when he went on a children's game show and he pisses pants. <laughs> <laughs> he's always trying to exercise these demons, but um, I just I, he just does it. Every filmmaker is trying to, in some way or another, exercise their demons on screen. He just does the best job of it. He yeah, he's a master. He's the master. We love to see it. Licorice pizza. Both of you guys, number one. My number four. My number one is Dune. Oh, I forgot we still have Dune to talk about. Zendaya and Timmy. Uh, I won't say too much about it. We did a whole episode about it. Yeah. I fucking love this movie. Dune owns. Dude, you know what was great this year? Was going to see fucking Dune on the big screen. In IMAX? You know what kicked ass was going, yeah, going to the point uh, cinema to see it on big the old, giant yeah. fucking IMAX big screen. Big ass fucking screen. I mean, this is... Man. This is everything i could ever ask for and want from a movie like this is just when you ask me like why do i love movies it's because of shit like this because of dune like high dune got you into sci-fi yeah yeah well now i'm into spice and now that's a whole other track of my Mm -hmm. life that i'm trying to deal with right Mm -hmm. now really really deep into a heavy arrakis spice addiction right now um (laughs) but yeah i mean this this movie fucking rocks i mean like here I was starting to read Dune in the Obama administration. <laughs> and now 
all these years later, the movie has come out and people fucking love it. It was a big hit. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, I was reading the book. It took me forever to get through it. I was like, I don't know, guys, this could be good. We'll see. And now it's like, boom, he fucking did it. Denis nailed it. I will say, because I knew I was going to be at least pretty in the bag for Dune because it's Denis Villeneuve. We tried to do like a little bit of like, I think that especially leading up to it, I tried to like bring myself down a little bit and be like, well, some critics like said that it like wasn't very good. So like maybe I just, it won't be effective for me. But that I knew that was just playing fucking mind games with myself to like lower my expectations just from being astronomical because Denis Villeneuve is our guy. Like we fucking, we all love Denis. Like, of he course rocks. we were going to love this movie. What's more impressive is that, like you said, everyone loves this movie. This movie made a shit yeah. ton of money and it's like the most dense source material yeah. that you could possibly I, have. I did hear for, from some people that saw it on HBO Max that weren't too hot on it. And I get that because I, 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 you know, pandemic aside and risking the virus aside like this is something that should be experienced on the biggest possible scale yeah because this is it, this is just like grand spectacle like you just want to be fully immersed in it to have the the most complete experience that this thing can offer Absolutely. and that's that's why i love it because it's like when you take that effort and that time and that risk to like put yourself out there and 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 risk you know potentially getting getting covid depending on the situation go get it it's fucking worth it man <laughs> it's fucking worth it because this movie it just is built yeah. to be the fullest experience of 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 the movie going experience do you wish that you could go to bo burnham and inside and just be like hey come outside see dune yeah mm -hmm. Go in, yeah. Come outside and then go back in. Yeah, go back into, into it. Yeah, I. Uh, it, yeah, it's uh, like I'm someone that it's it, you know it's hard to for me to like justify getting my ass up out of my house and like to a movie theater. And this is one where I never doubted for a second that I was going to have to do that. And I, I liked it. You know, I I actually wasn't didn't know if I was going to be in the bag for this because. I I love Blade Runner 2049 um but I you know acknowledge that it has faults to me and we were you know you just brought up Inherent Vice uh it's that's still a really good movie but like I didn't I don't love Inherent Vice mm -hmm. even though that's my favorite director ever um and like you know like it's a well-directed movie great acting all around the problem with it is he to me he's very clearly trying too hard to honor source material and that's exactly what should have gone really wrong here because there's yeah. so much material to mine um he knew exactly what to emphasize what to take out what to tweak and what to leave intact yeah it's it's a it's a hard fucking balance um because he is a lifelong fan of dune and that Hearing that made me more alarmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. We that, really need to see the pee pee and the poo poo yeah. filtered through the suit up the did tube. You see, and did you see ring. it? Denis actually spoke about that. He said that that is, that's only what part two is about. Okay, good. Part two is I was just worried. getting into like the mechanics yeah. of how. Which yes. is good because. You know, speaking toward, he has that magic eye for knowing what the masses want. Yeah, he didn't say pee pee. He did. Or he did. He did say pee pee. He didn't say poo poo. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what he left in the book. Yeah. He left the poo poo. 
<laughs> but he 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 just I don't know. It, it'd be very easy for him to to go geek mode and be like, no, 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 no. We have to have in the logistics of the trade wars. Yeah. And you don't. George Lucas. George mm. Lucas didn't even have anything to mine. He just is <laughs> so up his own fucking ass that he couldn't help it. Um, I, I was no, George Lucas. No, no, no. Here's the thing. George Lucas got it right the first time and then was like, and then was like, no, wait, no, let me go back. Let me actually just do. But what about density. those sanatorial races? <laughs> yeah, like, um, the, this movie is is a lot better than I thought it was going to be, and it looks just uh, well. That's the thing. Even though you know we can give all the credit in the world to knowing you know what to do script wise, this is the, the coolest looking movie I've ever. Every fucking seen. movie should look this good. Yeah. there's no excuse. It is. It is. There's no fucking excuse anymore. Godly combination of of the practical and and the and the fake. Uh it's seamless like frame to frame um it's another it's like i said about that fucking daft punk movie except that's like that's like a loosey-goosey like art picture type thing mm, yeah but this is another thing where every single frame you could screenshot and and desktop picture it because mm-hmm. it's just a gorgeous fucking movie also the the cast like just top yeah. it down timothy uh rebecca ferguson kind of like the unsung mvp we'll, we'll, we'll get more of her in the second one yeah um oscar isaac josh brolin they're brutal yeah uh, jason momoa yeah is really Duncan good in idaho somebody who i don't always love in things stella J- scars momoa is is more than good too he's like he's excellent i in this movie. fucking love yeah. him in this movie I, swagger so you know it's kind of funny i was making my list and you know i like have a running letterbox list that like i start on january 1st and just kind of continuously add to on the year and dune like weirdly was a movie i just started putting movies above because I was like, I think I just didn't think about it for a while. At one point, Dune just wasn't on my top 10. Ooh. And then I looked at myself and I was like, this is stupid. What am I doing here? Dune is just like one of the most effective. It was the we're back to the movies yeah. movie of the year. And that's not even just to say like, that's not to diminish it and say that it only had weight because it because of the theatrical experience I had to it, but that definitely added a lot to it because this is a big spectacle movie yeah. and we haven't had big spectacle movies. Yeah. No, it, that it, aren't like loud and dumb and fucking yeah. have three Spider-Man in them. Whoa, whoa. Venom. Mm hmm. Have two. Let Venom there be there. carnage. Mm hmm. Um, say it. <laughs> no, let there be. It's carnage. just, I like that. Well, that, that sort of speaks toward why it, it's so impressive what he pulled off because for all the story in Dune, this movie to like, to me is so not about the story beats like that's not what i'm what attracted me to this movie the entire time it's about the vibe it's yeah. about the feel it's about the the best visuals i've seen in my whole life um and and the book i mean obviously not the visuals but the book does have that same energy of just like you're kind of getting through it and you're kind of like i don't really know the mechanics of like how how Atreides is going to usurp the Harkonnens as the emperor comes yeah, in and don't the care. Fremen. like don't it, care i you, don't care there is plenty to dig into there but the book really comes through when you have these like more transcendent spiritual moments these things that aren't harping on story beats but it's just like this like really intense like kind of uh hallucinatory psychedelic vibe and this movie like really leans into that it really makes you feel like you're truly on a on a sci-fi trip in another world and it's not 
it doesn't feel like you're on a set with actors. Like you're just fully absorbed into this world. Worm. Big worm. worm. Yeah, it's big worm. worm. It's this, big old worm. Yeah, something about this movie that I like is worm. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, because I was, I think that even on our pod, I was like a little bit more mixed about it. Well, at the, the time. thing is, like, story wise, no, you, you can absolutely like be like, hey, this, you know, it doesn't no, end on the most satisfying note. No, like, it ends, it's an incomplete story. Yeah. And that is still a criticism that I levy against this movie. No, is totally. Because I like the the reason why I always prefer movies to television is because of the finality of movies. It's that I go in, I get a full story and then I leave and then story over. I know that we've kind of moved away with that, away from that and with franchises and everything else. But for the most part, that's always still something that I kind of look for in movies. And this movie didn't give me that. But the counter to that is that we have either a everything crammed into a movie and maybe we stretch it out to three hours, but we're going to make this fucking packed to the gills with information. We have Blade Runner 2049 on our hands or B we sacrifice the theatrical experience at all and make this like a mini series. So there really isn't like, I don't know what the complete answer is. I think that this Denis is the probably best found the yeah. best thing to do, which is just to split this up into two yeah, parts and, and end it with a like micro, uh, climax like end it with like a a big personal moment yeah. yes that is not like not a big yes. not, not like a planet guy, destroying moment yeah. but like the, a, an the big set piece happens like i don't halfway know through halfway movie, through yeah. yeah yeah no i think that's a great point like the fact that we end on this like kind of small fight and in the book i am at i when i read it i imagine that fight being like surrounded by fremen like you know when they mention that there's like millions of fremen in the in the sieges that's kind of how i picture that scene in the book yeah. and in the movie it's just like More it's epic. like a it's like a dozen or so it's just kind of watching them and it is like the antithesis of like the fucking shang chi riding a dragon fighting another dragon <laughs> and it's just like this big noisy cgi how moment. many rings are there in dune though um, I think there's one for each house. Okay. Yeah, we did see some. We whenever they stamp the rings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Are at least more than two. 10? Yeah. Um, I can't wait for part two. I'm so stoked. Yeah. I hope we get a part three because like this yeah, story. I just, keeps I just want. I just want to look at it some yeah. more. Like I want like the way all the uh the I guess you would call it like anti tech is rendered is is just so do, creative. Do you Fuck, think man, it's gonna be called cool. Dune Part Two or are they gonna call it something else? Dune. <laughs> i think dune part two is good i don't know if i like a part two is there something else that we can well the 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 What's... dune ever after there's there's dune messiah which is the next book but then they'd have to incorporate elements from that book into the movie which wouldn't make that much sense i don't know like dune messiah that sounds that's, that, that sounds better that than does sound cool as that hell. sounds so sick dune part two like especially because like you don't even necessarily have like we're already getting into the messianic they thing could, they in could the first spill, one. Yeah, they could spill over into it. There's also the the book after that is called Children of Dune. So <laughs> that, that's that's no, that sounds like that's a third movie. Too, <laughs> and then the fourth, the fourth book another is, movie that already exists. Uh, God Emperor Dune. <laughs> So. Is it God, comma, Emperor, comma, no, Dune? No, just, it's just God, Emperor, Dune. God, Emperor, Dune. Well, the second, the second one is, I think, what I'm settling on. Let's just call it that. Dune, Dune Messiah. Messiah. Yeah, Dune, yeah, yeah. Dune, Dune Messiah, Messiah is, is a sick name. Dune Messiah is dope. And we, like, the, sec like, the second movie is going to get plenty into him as a Messiah figure. The first one already does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So stay tuned really, for that. Yeah, one. really stoked for it. Uh, every critique that you could levy against the script, I absolutely agree with, and I don't care because mm-hmm. it. Yeah. The, it's it's like the best. We talk about sometimes like we did it where we were talking about the Fast and Furious movies a few months ago, where it's just like movies that you like turn your brain off and you're just like, this is just like fun. Like, just let me have fun with this. This is the best possible version to that, because there is like you can dig more into the weeds if you want to. And also you can just turn your fucking brain off yep, and just have a weren't. blast. It's both. It's the best of both worlds. Yep. And that's a rarity that is becoming increasingly, increasingly more rare in yep. movies. And I can't. It's still like a lot for me to to wrap my head around again that like everybody was talking about dune for a stretch there like everybody was talking about the benny jesuit and mentats <laughs> and house house harkonnen and i'm just like man what what is going on everybody like, bought those pain boxes online yeah um, like man we're here we've arrived yeah thank you denise uh, thanks uh hans I, zimmer too I, I I work for an NBA player who's by no means a cinephile, and I saw him tweeting like, "Yo, Dune was crazy." Yeah, like, <laughs> what do y'all think of the ending? And I was like, "What world is this?" <laughs> LeBron James said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm his um, personal assistant. Can he hook us up with a little spice? I'm running low. Um, I he can. I'm not going to give you any more spice. I was gonna say. Well, here's the thing: is that like his spice is like, like you cannot handle his spice. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not. It's raw, unfiltered. You're not spice. getting the spice. It's straight from so the sorry. worm's asshole. <laughs> yeah, just directly straight siphon. out of worm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our list. Uh, time to shout out the friends and donors of the pod with Ooh. honorable mentions. We asked on uh, on Discord what everybody's uh, top movies of the year were. And in the group chat, first, Harry wants to shout out uh, West Side Story, Green Knight, and Teton as his favorite nice. movies. Uh, Dane wants to shout out In the Heights. Love In the Heights. Yeah. Uh, at one point Got was... kind of lost uh, in the shuffle of movies. Dane does year, like musicals. Very, very fun movie. Yeah. I had it on my list at one point and I just, I had to cut it, but I really, really loved it. Um, I just found West Side Story to be a little bit more of a tighter, like more complete package. Um, but I thought it was still really good. Um, let's see. Adam uh, has licorice pizza. Worst person in the world. Come on, come on in Dune. I really wanted to see come on, come on. Come on, same. come on is the number one. Like, I'm sad I didn't have a chance. To see yeah, it, same, same. Um, and let's see. Colin uh, has licorice pizza, Titan, Dune, Power of the Dog, Spider-Man, No Way Home. I think they really nailed it with that one. Best case scenario. Mm-hmm for that movie really loved it uh the more i think about it the more i appreciate it yeah just like uh, how, how it wasn't a fucking mess yeah it's- they really <laughs> nailed it they pulled it off and it wasn't just like toby and andrew just showing up to be like hey hello they're actually like characters yeah. in the movie they're, with emotional th- there are certain like punches you can you you can throw that will get a certain amount of people in a certain amount of theaters hype and that they're cheap. And this, this movie got everyone in every theater really yeah. hype. And that, that is really hard to do, man. Like that's really fucking mm. hard to do. Yeah. And I, you could say it's easy because it's like you, you know, you just put the old in juxtaposition with the new and you're like, I remember that, but, but it's, it's not that this easy. isn't going to be done again. No way. Like for, for every, cause I, I'm not in necessarily in the back for Marvel. I haven't even seen this fucking movie. I haven't seen any Marvel movies the last two years. 
it's really, really impressive. What well, this done. is one to see because I, I, I think they no, really nailed it with not just with like nailing like the warm feelings of like seeing these our old friends again, but also just like the actual story of the movie is like really well told, like the journey mm-hmm. that that Spidey takes, that Peter takes and how these other Spider-Man fit into his journey and how necessary it feels for them to be part of his yeah. journey it, it's, it's just they really yeah it. i mean you know it's it yeah we we talked about it extensively in the pod it's very very well executed it's kind of the closest thing that marvel will get to their version of into the spider-verse not into the spider-verse is like a beyond perfect movie it doesn't marvel that has to fit everything inside of its box will never actually achieve that but this is as far as juggling everything and actually landing it in a satisfying way this did it about as well as you possibly could yeah uh colin also shouted out malignant and mass and then he Ah, said mass is another one mass i could have saw back in january of last year uh i was talking about off mic about how i didn't want to do the sundance grind like i did last year because it was exhausting mass was one of those that like i could have watched and i was just like i fuck it i don't have fucking time for this movie um and then he also said space jam 2 is the worst movie of the year um so i do agree with that uh dishonorable mentions it's space jam 2 a new legacy the most emotion uh uh intellectually bankrupt movie i've ever seen in my entire life and then adam says shout out f9 so shout out to f9 um colon the fast saga the fast of course um couple movies a couple honorable mentions i want to shout out uh the Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, The Lost Daughter. I, I saw this this week. I really liked it. I yeah. love this movie. It's in my I have it at 15 right now on my list. Um, It kind of seems like uh, basically if you took Tully and fast forward it like 20 years um, was kind of the vibes I was getting just about motherhood and uh kind of the responsibilities that are forced upon you from motherhood um really really love that movie very like the tension that that movie creates without being a thriller or anything is incredible um on the count of three a movie that i still don't know where you can see uh but i love this it. is this is just going to be a 2022 movie i mean this is kind of what i was trying to get at it's, the beginning of the pod of like there's just certain movies that the gap between yeah, like Festival people would have just released. seen this in January of 2021, and then it'll just get released at yeah. some point this year. So, um, so be on the lookout for it. it two movies that ass. are in that same space. I I shouted out earlier. I'll shout them out again. Shiva Baby and Zola both premiered at festivals in 2020, but then just sat on a shelf until 2021. Mm-hmm. So I I guess they're I don't know which year they are. Yeah. It depends on when I, you saw them. I saw them in 2021. Both great movies. Zola's the Twitter thread movie. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to see Zola. That was one of my big movies. So I good. Had a chance to, uh, it's fucking wild. Definitely gotta check it out. Uh, uh, highest uh, uh, rate of penis to runtime ratio I've seen. Like different shots of different penises okay, in the shortest so like amount of time. Quantity of penises. Yeah. Yeah, uh, bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. Uh, the the Zola thread, by the way, is is was the movie of like 2019 or whenever yeah. that was on Twitter. I I remember when that thread it's dropped like 200 on tweets or something. It was yeah, and it was like an, a really really well told insane ass story. And this movie, they did they did a really good job at capturing <laughs> it. It's it's really really good. Coleman Domingo is fucking amazing in it. Uh, Nicholas Braun pops up in it. Cousin Greg. 
uh, he owns. And then Shiva Baby is just like this really good, tense, like claustrophobic uh, kind of family drama mm. um, that just like it. It just really wowed me. Yeah. I thought it was really good. It's great, great movie. Um, I want to I actually do want to genuinely shout out Bad Trip because uh, I, I had forgotten that it came out this year. It's really short. Um, and I think that another part of the reason that uh, it wasn't so well received is that we're spoiled because the other people doing art like this are Borat, mm-hmm. which are like just two like singular incredible films and then fucking Nathan Fielder. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and this is lighter fare than both of those. This is like it's it's like a a buddy like like road movie um prank movie yeah but then yeah we'll then like put into real life and done uh you know with woven in pranks in the way that borat and borat 2 are as well but like this one uh it's it's not those but there are a lot of sequences and set pieces in this movie that are just like bananas funny and i think people are also upset because this is also lighter fare than the eric andre show which is like right <laughs> you know the eric andre show is sort of an iconic uh it, exercising it, it chaos not, and this yeah. this doesn't go there so much um it it would be too much if it was if it was a movie version of the eric andre show like that that show is best consumed in like you know less than a half hour stints right but it's a good movie it's worth watching i uh i'm sad i never got a chance to check it out definitely haddish in that movie yeah wow she's good yeah she's great um i want to shout out a few movies nobody Remember we just, Dude, we just went Bob to theater and saw nobody in theaters. Kicking ass. We were like, welcome that back to That was the, the back to movies. Yeah, it was, it was like nobody. in March of 2021. That movie kicked so much ass. Just yeah. Bob Odenkirk, he's literally kicking ass. Um, Mitchell's versus the Machines. Have you guys seen? Yeah. Or, I yeah. love, really this is my favorite it. animated movie of the year. Um, I think that's fucking awesome. It has like the best of Lord of Millerisms in it. Um, and I really love it. Uh, last week I shout out Annette, uh, the Sparks Brothers inspired film by Leos Carex. Um, last night in Soho, which we did a whole pot about Coda, which is Still kind of had this. like an awards buzz that I did not really see coming over. I saw it and was just like, that's a very like nice movie. And it's, uh, getting a lot of recognition, which is great. Um, this is uh, C.N. Hedder's uh, film about a uh, child of deaf adults um, that has a lot of traditional coming of age themes to it. Very fun uh, movie. And a uh, couple of uh, festival movies that we watched during our cover of Tribeca. I want to give a shout out to. Um, how about Dating in New York? Our boy, mm-hmm. Joel Feingold. Um, Joel Feingold? Jonah. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at Joel Edgerton's face as I'm saying <laughs> Jonah Feingold. <laughs> Sorry, I love you, Jonah. Um, uh, the Last Out, a documentary that I really, really loved. Um, Catch the Fair One. Catch the Fair Which One. Which is also just going to be a 2022 movie. Yeah. It's about to come out. Hell yeah. I think it's going to be released in a couple um, months. And a couple other documentaries, uh, the Sparks Brothers doc that I talked about last week, and Summer of Soul. Loved Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul. Really, really love this movie. Awesome movie. It's Questlove has just, he has the eye for uh, looking through archival footage and seeing what is emotionally impactful. Part of that is just because 
this is just something that like we just didn't know. It's almost like a get back kind yeah, of situation. Just where sat on the it shelf. was just sitting there yeah. and people just didn't know what to do with it. Uh, speaking of, I didn't put get back on my list because we talked extensively about it a couple weeks ago and I just wanted to acknowledge other things. But get back. Fucking incredible. Um, couple dishonorable mentions. Worst movie of the year for me is Space Jam A New Legacy. Um, most disappointing movie of the year. I want to talk about Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. <laughs> Dude, do you? <laughs> here's the thing. The first two Conjuring movies, as we mentioned, made by James Wan, the best popcorn horror director that we have. Uh, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, not made by James Wan, made by this guy named Michael Chavez, um, who made The Curse of La Llorona and um, a couple other movies. This movie sucks. I thought it was awful. Um, I really hated it. Massive disappointment. Too long of a one, title there. One that I, I really the liked, another back to the it. movies that I thought might end up on your list, Drew, A Quiet Place Part 2. Really good movie. That's one of those movies where I forgot again that it came out here. <laughs> and, and you're like, that's not old. I was an old. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not old. Um, um, I really like really like that one. It's just kind of more of the same, but it's still great. It's like, you know, on a similar level. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it would have quite made my list, but that's a really good movie. Yeah. And it's a great theater movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Andrew Garfield musical directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Good, uh, good little uh, kind of mix of. Uh, of the the one man show and also just kind of a more cinematic take mm -hmm. on it. Here's I have a random one. Um, Oliver Stone made a documentary um, called JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass. You watch this? Yeah. Oh shit! And it's really it's it's like an investigation discovery type like talking head documentary that it's basically just about how like the uh, the FBI killed or the CIA killed JFK. Um, it, it's not good as a piece <laughs> of art. Um, but it does like it, it's the type like obvious it, it it basically outlines the fact that it's not a conspiracy. It's more of just like a fact that Alan Dulles like killed John F. Kennedy. It's more of a state of mind. Absolutely. JFK state of mind. <laughs> speaking boom, boom, speaking boom, of state boom. of mind, Matrix Resurrections, as flawed as this movie is. I am so fucking glad it exists because it is just in its own plane of existence. It doesn't give a fuck about what anybody thinks or, but, or what anybody wants. It is just completely unabashedly its own thing. And I fucking love it for it. Um, also, a movie that I watched today. Well, Benedetta, the new Paul Verhoeven. Yo, movie. Paul Verhoeven still at it. Movie is so twisted, so weird kind of wacky and funny but also like really dark he is 82 i believe i think he's 80 he's in his 80s him and ridley scott just the old guys still got it and yeah. spielberg i really recommend this movie it's got some like really weird shit in it like it's not for everybody i wouldn't recommend it to everybody but like if you're in for some some horny lesbian nuns in bubonic plague era france Okay. Scheming and conniving this and was, turning so on who, each other. This who would you good, not recommend it wait, to? <laughs> this was a good year for adult horniness. Yeah. A lot of great adult horny movies uh, in cinema this year. Verhoeven, king of that. Yeah. yeah. King of horny. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing says horny like bubonic plague yeah. to me. Thank personally. you. Yeah. Thank you, Lee. Um, and oh, Lee, another a movie that we saw together, uh, Spencer, the Diana, the Princess Diana movie. 
good little kind of character portrait. I'm happy for Kristen Stewart. It zeroes in on like just a, it's not a big old you know cradle the grave biopic. It's um, it's. I've been horny for Diana since I saw the first photo of her, and I think Kristen Stewart actually does a great job. I'm a Kristen Stewart hater. Oh. I actually ridicule everything that she's ever done, but wow. this I actually was like, okay, she, she did got it. the she accent did a great right. Job, okay, yeah. yeah, she I, did good. Reluctantly, yeah, I, you're one so of those. I, you're one of those people that's like, yeah, all my classmates are busy watching Twilight. Meanwhile, I like The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like this if like you agree. Well, she did. Okay, so she did the movie Speak, which was based on the book about like party rape. <laughs> did you guys see that? No. No. Okay, well then, <laughs> then you guys aren't Kristen Stewart fans. <laughs> okay, well you're not either. So <laughs> I'm just saying that she was big before she was big, and then I came in late, and I was like, Twilight is bad. <laughs> hey, she's so, in Catch like, That Kid. Her. Yeah, that's right. But As, a lot of people loved she, her before she was lovable, and hey, then she rocks in Catch That but Kid. But this, I was like, okay, 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 okay. She I rocks understand. in almost everything. I I love Kristen Stewart. Did I've did I've been in the, the bag. Recent, um, like. Um, was it Charlie is Charlie's <laughs> Angels? So much Char- effort Did to you get see this the recent Charlie's Angels uh, uh, rendition that she was in? Why would I watch that movie? Okay. No, why would I watch? I would that? say that sounds like more know, of a mistake on have the casting director's misses. part. Yes. Why would you, that, she doesn't? She no, don't do that. Um, Just curious. Did you watch the one where she was underwater and? Isn't that called underwater? underwater? Are you talking about the movie <laughs> Underwater? All right, we we're at three and a half hours. We gotta end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're not listening to part seven it's of. Just like, uh, let me let me also give my takes on this, Ernie. Just hold the microphone above me for the next. Are you underwater? <laughs> are you underwater right now? <laughs> Any final thoughts on the year um, of film? Great movie year. Uh, we didn't really touch on it as much because we kind of touched on it more in the uh, TV. But, you know, shout out to HBO Max for making Man. all of these fucking incredible movies available day and date at home. HBO Max. Horrible for the movie industry. But goddamn, was it convenient. Great for us. Yeah. Get, and, of we bought a mic. and uh for the most part, most movies you don't need to see in a theater. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I apologize. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I, I was thinking about that when people were talking during fucking West Side Story where I was like, I just <laughs> Do I need to watch this. This looks amazing. But like, get the fuck out of here. You mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't have to deal with that at home. Mm. So it, I know it, it looked fucking. Yeah. Incredible. Well, that's, that's a movie a that I would say you should go to a theater for. Yeah. A lot of movies you just don't fucking have to, man. Like you really don't. And uh, it's more about I, you don't need to go to the theater. The theater is if you buy into like the social contract of like, I won't talk. I won't be on my phone. That's what you go to the theater for, for the most part, aside from seeing stuff on a big screen. If you just have self-control and you're like, I'm not going to look at my phone for two hours, then you can get almost the same experience. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it depends on your living situation, too. Like yeah. if, you know, you have you have a stinky loud dog. Mm-hmm. Ernie that yep. you know he needs he needs you loving. have a stinky loud roommate also sometimes I just I just put movies on during a time frame of the day where like certain things are just going to be happening that are going to need my attention whether or not it's the dog it's just like if it's not at nighttime if it's during the day I just like gotta yeah. pause it and deal with shit mm-hmm. no absolutely yeah there's a time and place That's but life. um I think it's overall a, a positive that we're this has sort of forced us to reckon with the fact that movie theaters existed out of necessity and 
for the most part aren't super necessary anymore except for when they are they're absolutely necessary dune i i would it, like i would hate to have seen that on a tv i would really hate to yeah. have seen that on a fucking tv um it's just not the same they have their place theaters have their place but I, I so, still, so does being able to watch things easily yes. that has its fucking yeah place it's too. both we could just have both we could live yeah. in a world where there's both yeah like hbo they put it out on theaters yeah. and unfortunately when you give people the option for both they're just going to stick with the yeah. more convenient one which was not good for the industry but you know yeah, okay. that, it hurts the industry but maybe the industry should be able to learn how to pivot to make money for like the way that things were going to go no matter what this is this yeah. was gonna happen yeah we had this conversation well before yeah this was going to fucking happen happened. no matter what it just had to happen a couple a couple of last minute shout outs here the james bond movie i enjoyed no time to die Really fun action movie. Um, Nine Days is a super indie uh, kind of sci quasi sci fi like, really drama. Yeah, I really like it's. It's probably gonna get my Wabami for like the best movie furthest from my top ten um, <laughs> because I really liked it. It just ended up super low on my list. It's just like a really good like kind of small scale character drama with really great actors: Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz. Oh. Um, Benedict Wong, Tony Hale, Bill Skarsgård, just like mm. really, really good, well-acted movie. And also uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, uh, which is now streaming on Hulu. It's from the creative team that did Bridesmaids, uh, Kristen, Kristen Wiig and uh, Annie uh, Momolo. And it's just a really funny, wacky, just weird movie you know you, it's, you know barb and star I yeah mean, imagine them going to vista del mar <laughs> they go vista del mar man oh yeah if you you know it's it's the kind of movie that doesn't get made that much anymore just a, just a weird comedy like marvel has like sucked up the studio comedy into its machine mm-hmm. where it's just like every superhero just kind of has it just gives people that feeling of like ha 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 funny and then you don't get the kind of like the stepbrothers or the you know, because like now Adam McKay is not doing movies like that. So it's like there's a gap. And this is a movie where it's like, oh, there's one still still kicking. Um, so, yeah, just a couple last minute shout outs there. We can wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, recommend the show, donate. Thank you, beautiful donors for donating. And next week, I think we're going to do the Wabamis and mm-hmm. put a final button on the year in film and tv so thanks for sticking around and stay tuned for more robin williams as we jump back into the series and more catch up and chilling and watching there's a couple things on the radar there's that new lord and miller show on apple tv coming up i want to watch it the batman's coming up Mm -hmm. so not too much so plenty of time to watch some robin and and chill out and hang out And uh, we'll bring you all the thoughts on all the things. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.